What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Turf Talk. I am one half of your host, Dylan Davis, and to my right, my faithful co-host here on Turf Talk, Scotty. Guys, of course, give him a follow on Twitter, at Scotty Drowned. And if you're new to the channel, please hit that follow button on our Twitter, at ESM underscore media. Give us uh, a subscription. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Can't talk today. Um, hit that like button on this video. Turn on notifications. And of course, if you are you know new to the channel, again, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, uh, where, wherever you get your social media content from, wherever you get your podcast from. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Scotty, what is going on? Um, we didn't get... Uh, we didn't get to do a show on Sunday for good reason. So hope everyone had a happy Halloween, had a fun weekend. Um, I know you did. I know I did. <laughs> I hope the listeners did. Uh, and let's get back to business, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's quite ironic that we didn't get to do the show the day the Eagles, you know, actually played decent. <laughs> so we didn't even uh, get to actually preview one of the few wins that they got this season so yeah. far. Um, but as you mentioned, it was uh, for for the right reasons, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you gotta gotta sit back and have some fun sometimes, even if it uh, does cost you a bit in the uh, in the content world. But um, definitely needed, you know. I just needed some time. I'm, I'm sure you did. Everybody needs a little bit of a break. I know it's it's getting really dark there. Um, back. But you know, we we try to bring it to you as consistently as possible, and we will be here throughout the rest of the season. But yeah, we uh we didn't get to talk about the forty-four to six uh victory by the Lions. I wanted to join you guys on the on the last show of Faithful, but as you know, my, my phone is giving me some issues here. But that it is. <laughs> it always creates stress when you don't have connectivity to your phone. Um, especially for me. I like to stay active on Twitter, so it, it is bothersome. But let's get into week eight, my man. I'm ready to go. Yeah, dude, a lot to talk about, but let, let's start right there with that Eagles shellacking over the Detroit Lions, the dreadful Detroit Lions, the Cubbies, as we like to call them here on Turf Talk. Uh, let's start there. One of the reasons, it's not the reason, obviously, like we said, good reason we didn't have a show on Sunday morning, but I wasn't overly eager to do a show and push through that. the reason why because I just had, I had no excitement to, towards this game. And let me, let me break that down a little bit for you, Scott. I've been an Eagles fan for as long as I can remember. I'm 23 years old. Probably started watching football when I was four or five years old, if I remember correctly, with, with my grandfather. And I've seen a lot of good things in this city. I, I've seen the first and only Super Bowl trophy be hoisted. I've seen a couple of NFC championship uh, performances. I've seen a lot of good. I've seen a lot of bad, and I've seen a, not, a lot of ugly when it comes to this organization. But every Sunday, every Monday, every Thursday – I'm here. I'm ready. It's game day. Let's go. It doesn't matter what the record is. You're they're competitive. I'm in for an Eagles game, right? I felt nothing leading into Sunday against the Lions. I felt nothing watching that game, Scotty. They ran the ball for success. I didn't care. They scored a touchdown. I didn't care. They forced a turnover and took it to the damn house. I didn't care. And, then, and that was just my main thing. Like, the game wrapped up. It was a beatdown. By the end of the game, I already had the red zone on. I didn't care. And you know why I didn't care? Because that game meant nothing to me. 
that that win, that showing that I'm going to run the ball, that you know, that defensive effort, the sacks, the turnovers, everything, that meant nothing to me. I took away learning nothing about this Eagles team until I see it on a more consistent basis. Hell, I just need one more week to say it's a consistent basis. But you doing that against the Detroit Lions, I'm not going to be one of those fans. I hate to break it to you guys. If, you, if you're looking for positivity here and, oh, they, 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 they blew out a bad team and they ran the ball. Dude, I don't care. Until I see Nick Sirianni commit to something for more than one game, until I see him come out and run the ball against the Chargers, who don't stop the run either, until I see Jonathan Gannon continue to provide pressure, Man, it meant nothing to me, dude, and it, and that hurts me to say. Yeah, I and you know I I get it because you know I, I'm maybe subconsciously I, I felt the same things. Honestly, you know my girlfriend said I was being weird during the game because I I had friends over. They're not Eagles fans, but of course they are watching the Eagles Lions game. Right? They're forced to it. I have like a Rams friend. I have two friends that are Rams fans. I have some friends that are uh, Colts fans. So. I, I got them across the board, but I was forcing them to watch a Lions and Eagles game. And, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, they, we ran the ball down their throats. And, I mean, I wasn't overly excited. It was just like, you know, I it, it almost made me feel like, well, maybe if they ran the ball that we wouldn't even – we wouldn't even have to feel like this right now if they just ran the ball consistently. And maybe we already have an extra win. Or oh, it's, a great, like, it's a great point, dude. It, because <laughs> it's like it, instead of me being enthusiastic about it and being like, oh, maybe Nick's learning from his mistakes. He's going to start running the ball. No, no, no. It made me think, what the hell have you been doing? What took so long? And hearing the fa- hearing him tell the reporters that Miles Sanders sent him a text message saying, there you go, coach. Oh, bullshit, dude. So, like, I don't know if that actually happened. I doubt he would come out on record and lie because Miles Sanders is going to hear that report. But if I'm Miles Sanders, like, hold on. You go out of your way to not get Miles Sanders the football. You run the ball at an all-time low record. And then with Jordan Howard, who you just elevated off the Doesn't make any sense. And Boston Scott, who's been active all year but hasn't seen the playing field, you consistently run behind those two? Like, and, that, that there's no logic behind it, Scott. There's and, no and logic me, for the timing of it happening. Let me ask you another thing, and this is kind of maybe just a side point of the entire game, but when they're up by 30 points, why are you taking Jalen Hurts out of the game? Let him get some reps in. Like, he only threw the ball 14 times. If you are able – and I know this sounds so contradicting because it's like, oh, well, you wanted them to run the football. Well, they ran it with success. We're not in a position as Eagles in a development stance, in a growth stance, where we take the foot off the gas. Like, I, I don't see, you know, obviously we don't have to go out there and run 60 points up on the Detroit Lions. But after you after you get a comfortable lead, you get a 21, 25, 30-point lead, let's get some reps for Jalen Hurts. He's, he hasn't been perfect this season. Not to mention, some time off the some time off the field. Like, no, I don't need to like, see Gardner Minshew hand the ball off. Yeah, like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm all for doing something until a defense proves that they can stop it, right? So, like, I'm one of those people. Like, if you can run the ball down somebody's throat, you run it till they stop it. So, well, on one hand, I understand what happened Sunday, and I applaud it. But on another hand, we went from one extreme to another. Right. Yeah. So it's not I'm not not mad at the run game because I've been saying you need to run the football. 
But now you're so unbalanced that Jalen Hurts throws maybe 10 times. Yeah. Like, where's the balance at, dude? Where's where's seeing Jalen Hurts be able to progress as a passer off of the run? Like, I, that's the things I'm not. I'm not mad at the result of the game. I'm not mad that you ran the ball down their throats. It's like, how do you go from pass, 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 pass? No one, you won't listen to anybody about running the ball to run, run, run. Now we can't even see what Jalen Hurts can do. Like, there's got to be some sort of middle ground, some sort of, of medium here where you can run both and see what the kid can do. Yeah. But dude, just to go back to what your what your girl said about you, it's not being I was the same way, dude. I am I'll self-admit I'm a loud person, especially during <laughs> Philadelphia sporting. I pull my hair, I do a lot of weird shit. I am a very loud person. And I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm being no, I'm being like I, I didn't say you. anything. There was no there was no yell of excitement over a sack or a touchdown or the fumble. There was nothing because, again, Scotty, it means nothing to me. If you can go out there on Sunday at 4.05 and implement what you did last week against the Chargers, who are a more formidable team, and you can have some form of success, I don't even care if you lose the game. But yeah. if you run the ball with success, if you get after Justin Herbert and you battle the Chargers – I will feel better about that yeah. loss than the win you had in Detroit. Yeah, because the uh, the problem here has been, you know, aside from the Carolina game where they come back in that game, which even in that game they get down by a lot of points. That, that's the thing. Aside from Atlanta where you blow Atlanta out, now Detroit where you blow Detroit out, two bad teams. The other games you are getting smoked and you get a bunch of points to catch up in garbage time. I guess the 49ers, you could say, was a close game as well. That was yeah, but never they only put up, what, 11 that game? Only put up 11 points, right? So all of these games, it's like too far in, in the extremes, right? Like th- these look like outliers more than anything. When you, that's when you really exactly what it, it is, Scott. That's and exactly you know, what it is. we're looking at, you know, everybody's going to say, you know, and, and I, I agree in this sense, like we can't sit here and build up the game and be like, Oh, you know the the Lions are going to beat the Eagles, and then be like, "Oh, well, that's not yeah. that's not anything when the Eagles beat the Lions." But that's the Eagles doing bare minimum, right? Like beating the Lions, however you beat them, is bare minimum. That's an zero and eight, zero and seven team now. Like that, that that's nothing. Like you said, it, it's literally nothing. Um, and and like you said, as far as running the football, it's such an extreme that you know you're not going to win games consistently like that with Jalen Hurts only throwing the ball 14 times. With That's Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, dude? It's not going to happen, so I can't get excited about that. Dude. It's like a norm. Like, yeah. that's not a norm. And, and let me make myself extremely clear when I say, you, you brought up, you know, people, you know, having an argument of, well, you, you know, we said it after week one, right? All the people saying they lose to the Falcons, and then it turned out that, oh, it's just the Falcons, and, and we didn't like that, right? But that's from an outsider point of view. From a diehard Eagles fan myself and, and like you are, yeah. let me make it clear. I didn't just decide that I think the Eagles are going to lose to the Lions. I didn't just wake up one day down on the Eagles for no reason, and I said they're going to lose to the Lions, and then when they beat the Lions, I don't care. The Eagles made me how I feel right now. Yeah. Scotty, I don't care. I had this conversation with Gino on Monday, and I guess we can kind of talk a little bit about it. Because, again, they just beat the Lions, so no, I see them in no way, shape, or form pulling out a string of wins and making a playoff run. But when you look at the expanded playoffs with the extra wild card, 
and you look at the records and the teams and the rosters of the basement NFC teams that are going to be competing for that seven seed, the Eagles are right there. And it just made me think about it, right? This isn't me saying it's going to happen or I want it yeah. to happen. That's a sad thing, Scott. I have no emotion towards that. And the Eagles playoff game. And the way Gant like, play, like played out a scenario, it could potentially be the Eagles in Dallas versus the Cowboys for a playoff game. And as of right now, I don't care. I mean, I I, I don't want any part of it. I would hope if that was some if that somehow became a case, I would hope my feelings changed. But I don't. That's how down and out I am right now. Yeah, I don't like care. If it got to that point where we're playing the Cowboys in the playoffs, like I, I hope that I'm to a point where I'm like, man, maybe the Eagles can steal this one. But like right now, I can't get excited about that. Like playing Dallas in Dallas in the playoffs in a year where I'm just not very confident. Like obviously, yeah, it's very would be far the off. Worst but, thing yeah. that could happen for this team because guess what? It would it, it would justify. The decisions Hallie made this offseason to a certain group. I want to justify it to you and I because we would know they'd get bounced in round one and it's like, who cares? But to them, Jalen took you to the playoffs. Nick Sirianni coached the playoff game, right? It would yeah. justify those selections that they handpicked. And that is the worst thing that could happen in this season. Again, not yeah. going to happen. Beating the Lions and getting to three and five does not mean the Eagles are going to somehow get the five and five and then see where they go from there. I cannot see that happening. I keep seeing on Eagles Facebook groups the, the schedule screenshotted, and someone I saw before we went live said we're going to go eight and one and finish eleven and six. And I'm just oh my like, god, why set yourself up for that? Like, god, not even set, I would love to have conversations with these people like these are the people i would like to join a show or to call when, when we get it because i do just a heads up for people i'm going to get a, a, a number soon for dsm media and we're going to take calls live on shows i would love to talk to those people because like what kind of person are you because that's not reasonable <laughs> like you're not a reasonable justifiable person how can you say you're trying to look at me like like seriously, and tell me you think the Eagles can realistically go eight and one? There's not, there's not one team that I can confidently say the Eagles will beat this. Scotty, they're not better not than the Giants right one now. One schedule left. They are not Even better the than Jets the Jets. Just Giants. beat the Bengals, and they've beaten the Titans. Like the Jets have some decent wins. Like for us to be sitting here, like oh, we'll run through the Jets. Like <laughs> the Giants just played the Chiefs hard. The Giants just played the Chiefs tough, and we, we will talk about that one in a, in a little bit. But, yeah, I, I mean, these these were my only takeaways, and it's one one positive, and it's just because I'm a Dallas Goddard stan. Uh, but last two weeks, Dallas Goddard up over 70-plus receiving yards, which I am happy to see. Um, still want him involved even more than that. Um, he is eighth in tight ends and receiving yards, which is great to see. 18th in targets and tight ends. That's not reasonable. Um, for a guy that produces like that. So that that was one takeaway and, and some sort of a positive. They need to get him more involved. He, he can show that he is even more valuable. Um, and then the other two takeaways, it's something you already hit on today. Will Sirianni continue to rush the football? Chargers, the 28th rushing defense in the NFL. Is he going to continue that faith in the running game? I want to see it from week to week. Um, and then, like you said earlier as well, will Gannon continue to, to – Play aggressive, not sit back on his on his heels and have that defense looking like a bunch of softies out there. Having them attack, you know, blitzing, getting pressure on the quarterback, 
Will that continue? Or are you guys just acting bold against the Detroit Lions? And that's that's all I got for that game. That's it. That that's everything. <laughs> that's everything, dude. Listen, I think the most ironic thing about the start to this season is just the message that these coaches and, and this head coach has tried to send and just kind of how he played out up until last week. You know, for a guy who preaches before the season starts, we're going to put our guys in the in a position to succeed. We're going to play to our players' strengths. We're going to call plays to Jalen Hurts' strengths. We're going to play to Fletcher Cox's strengths. And it took leaders on this team to openly somewhat embarrass you and call you out saying, I'm not being put in a position that I'm normally in or be able to attack or play aggressive. It took that yep. for you to actually put your players in a position to succeed. So that's why that's why I can't get excited. They do it against the Chargers, Scotty. Maybe, you know, different combo, at least. Uh, after the Chargers game, I'll get a little bit more excited about the Denver game and then the Saints game and the Washington game. The schedule yeah, does lighten up. But it's, it's. I need to see it before I have any it's sort just, of false hope. Uh, it's so typical and it's so casual to just be like, oh, they beat the Lions, I'm back. And you know what I mean? It's like, I get it. We want to spread positivity. You know, we don't want to run around depressed all the time. But there, there's a little bit of reality that has to come with these stakes. Yeah. I mean, we have not seen nearly one enough or anything that should give us a lot a of positivity, you know, going forward. Great. They prepare the Lions. One last thing that I noticed and took away from this game. Jared Goff's bad. He's bad. I don't know how this dude played in the Super Bowl. I, Sean McVay is a miracle worker. Dude, like, I thought, and again, I thought the I was so down and bad on the Eagles and so sour on them that I was like, watch them make Jared Goff look like Tom Brady, and then we'll really be pissed off. They didn't, thankfully. I believe they didn't it. just make him you know, not look good. They make Jared Goff look bad. If this Eagles defense is making you look bad, I don't know, bro. You yeah, yeah. It, was, it was interesting in that standpoint because the Eagles were not like playing off of the run either. It's not one of those games where the Eagles were getting gashed by the run. Which Detroit has some decent running backs back there, but um, they were able to control the run and get pressure on Jared Goff, which means ultimately Gannon stepped up the aggressiveness. Like he's not playing scared, and that's that's what has to happen. That's where you'll see plays like Darius Slay picking up a fumble recovery because he's actually being able to be in the play. He's not playing 15 yards back off the ball. So it's just things like that, you know, playing aggressively, putting your identity into the game. It, it kind of changes things, but. Got to see it to believe it before I can, you know, go, oh, the Chargers are coming to town. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we'll see. The Chargers haven't looked great. And, you know, we'll get into takeaways from week eight. But Scotty, I have an, I have an option to go to the Saints game. And as of right now, yeah. as of today, I'm not accepting those tickets. Their defense? <laughs> no, like, like, it's not even that. It's, it's the point of until I see you learn and actually show yeah. improvement until I see you compete against a good team. I'm not, I'm not paying you money. Yeah. I, I so, 100% like, agree. I was thinking about the Chargers game. Like, not a chance, man. No. Not the way they've looked. Now, if you look formidable a little bit against the Chargers, if you run the ball, if you play aggressive on defense, then I can get a little bit excited two, three weeks down the line and go to a Saints game. I'm not paying you a damn dollar if this is the product you're putting out on the field for me. No, it's not happening. Um, just a little sidebar. 
this is an hour ago for Sixers fans. Joel Embiid and Farrakhan Korkmaz are both are both questionable. <laughs> I don't know how the Sixers pull that out. That's the case, but <laughs> but all right, man. Let, let's move on. It is Detroit, to be fair. Yeah. So I mean, maybe, but I don't yeah, know. That's tough. Little little side note. Um, the Eagles obviously released Eric Wilson. I think the Texans picked him up today. Did they? Uh, the Houston Texans, where careers go to die. <laughs> so Eric Wilson might be seeing your way out of the NFL, blood. Huge disappointment. Just went through. You know, obviously yeah. I wasn't like super. I didn't think he was going to come in and be a world-beating linebacker, but to be the worst linebacker in the NFL, that's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> All right, Scotty, let's get into our other week eight takeaways around the NFL. I'll start yeah. it. I'll throw it to you. Normally this would be a, a topic we would have discussed on Sunday. Like we said, we were not live on Sunday morning. So I'm going to take it back to last week's Thursday night game that we both predicted wrong. Um, the, the Green Bay Packers taking down the Arizona Cardinals 24 to 21 in the desert. Obviously some, some COVID things have transpired over the course of this past week. Aaron Rodgers is out now. Uh, Devontae Adams is back now, but without like his top three receivers, without Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers goes down to the desert against the last undefeated team in the NFL. And that was a hell of a performance by him. By that Packers defense, that Packers defense had Kyler Murray on the ropes for a lot of this game. Now, again, who the hell knows what A.J. Green was doing at the end? Maybe the Packers don't aren't so successful at the end of this one if A.J. Green just runs a route. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, was no, I'm not sure. Uh, but regardless, nonetheless, the Green Bay Packers continue to just string along wins, and they're a lot more real – you know, then I thought, I, I guess it was silly of me. They're, they're coming off of a championship performance, championship game last year. You still have Aaron Rodgers, but to me, they really didn't address anything on either side of the yeah. ball to take a step. And here he is again, just willing this team to victory week in and week out. They are impressive. They are find, finding themselves higher up on my power rankings that we'll get to uh, in a little bit. But yeah, that, that's my first takeaway. The, the Packers become more and more real in week eight. Yeah, agreed. And that, that was kind of the signature win they've been looking for this season. And uh, it's it's one of those games that reminds you anytime Aaron Rodgers is involved, his team has a chance to win. And, uh, you know, it's kind of as, as simple as that for me. Um, the Packers have kind of lived by that throughout his career. Uh, as long as we got Aaron Rodgers, we'll be fine. And uh, he proved that once again this, this uh, past week. It will be interesting to see how the COVID stuff plays out. I, I know there's been a lot of a lot of stuff coming out regarding that, but um, hopefully they can get back, get everybody back out there, and you know, get back to 100. Um, percent My first takeaway from Week Eight: uh, the New England Patriots. Man, is you know, was that just another egg by the Chargers, or are the New England Patriots actually a good team? Uh, they're four and four right now. Um, they have been able to beat the the Chargers, who. I considered one of the top tier teams. They were falling down my rankings very fast. Um, New England, I mean, Mac Jones, 217 yards. Uh, he's just, he's been the best rookie quarterback out of the class so far. He's been consistent. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Um, I'm, I'm just somewhat impressed with this, this Pats team, um, especially after that showing against the Buccaneers where they really took them down to the wire. That was another game where, this is one of the contenders that we're talking about week in and week out, and they're able to hold them to, what, 19 points in that game? So that defense is pretty legit. Um, last week they smoked somebody. They had 54 points in that game. It might have been the Jets. Um, but the the Pats are just, you know, kind of staying under the radar. 
at the end of the day, they still have Bill Belichick. They're four and four right now. They have a sturdy defense. If Mac Jones can continue to improve throughout the season, I'm wondering if they can they can sneak in there. You know, if if they if like the way I look at it is a team like the Patriots versus a team like the Chiefs right now. I can't wholeheartedly say that the Chiefs are a better team than the New England Patriots right now, and that's kind of crazy to me. But um, we'll we'll let it play out. But my takeaway from from the uh, week eight, my first one at least, is the New England Patriots. Are they for real? Are are they not for real in a sense of contending, but for real in a sense of maybe just squeaking into the playoffs this year with that extra wild card spot? No, it's a great point. Um, they were a team that I thought would finish probably third in their division. Obviously, they're yeah. going to finish second by a, by a wide margin. A um, me too. Um, but yeah, Mac Jones is growing week to week at a pretty quick rate. Um, something that I wish we were seeing here in Philadelphia. <laughs> you you wait for it, but that question is going to creep in. I wait, mean, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Today, who would you rather have? I, I have to go Mac Jones, man. Pure I can tell you who I'd take. Yeah. I, pure but pastor. isn't that isn't that disappointing? It is. So it through is eight weeks of football, and, and this is the point. So you, you can't hit me with, oh, he's only played eight games. Well, guess what? Or no, now he's played more than eight games. He's played like 12 or whatever. Well, guess yeah. what? Mac Jones in eight games has shown me more than Jalen Hurts has in 12 games. Okay, so it, it, this isn't – I'm not comparing him to Wentz's star. I'm not doing any of this. Rookie quarterbacks are showing me more than our rookie quarterback is, so stop throwing the amount of games started in my face. I don't care. I just want to see progression, and I'm not seeing it. Sorry I went on a little tangent there. I didn't get that <laughs> off the chest. Uh, well, my last takeaway, and then I'll throw it to you for one more, and we'll move on here. Yeah. Um, Man, this one pain, pains me to say a bit. Carson Wentz may have just really took a hit on his future. Um, I know that's pretty pretty uh, drastic to say, but here's what I mean by it. Dude, you were rolling. I'm a fan of the guy. You were rolling. You were, you were making me look good. You were making a lot of people look wrong and bad. You, you know, you climbed up to like third all time on in Indianapolis history on passes between interceptions. You had only thrown one on the year. You're coming off the big win in San Fran. You got the Colts winning a couple games back to back. You start this game off so well against a division rival. The biggest thing is that's why Carson was brought in, right? The Colts were a good team last year. Colts won about 11 games last year. They were a playoff team with Phil. And that's with an aging Philip Rivers who was on the brink of retirement, right? Yeah. You were brought in to get them over the hump, reunited with Frank Reich to to beat the ta- to beat the Titans, right, in your division. And you looked great for three quarters. And then something went south. And it just made me think back to last year. And in play in a play that I defend plays that I defended. You know, you come out, you you throw the interception to give the lead away in the fourth quarter. Now, you can argue about that because if he takes the safety, they got to kick the ball away and they never see the ball again. Yeah. Interception, he makes a miraculous play on third down to keep the drive alive. Throws a good ball to the end zone, pass interference, they punch it in, go to overtime. Now he looks like a hero again. And then in overtime, he just tried, he just... 
something click doesn't click in here, and he just tries to make that hero play. Dude, Jonathan Taylor would have gained 25 yards if you just dumped it off to him. There wasn't a Titan within 15 yards of him. And Carson just put the cape on and just tried to make a throw that was not there. It was blanketed. And throws a pick and they lose the game. And I and why I say I think he just took a hit on his future is because, dude, that's why you were brought here. Yeah. I don't think Carson Wentz has a big window to, you know, prove something in Indy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you can't show in this year, year and a half that you can get them over the hump, they're going to move on because they're young. They have a great defense. They run the hell out of the ball. You can't make those mistakes anymore. And you weren't. He wasn't. For seven weeks, he was really good. And in an overtime period with the game on the line, he ties on that cape and makes a play that's not there instead of the check down and game over. Yeah, no, <laughs> you you covered it. Um, I, I do got my own piece to say on the Colts and Carson Wentz myself. I'll save it for our preview for the Jets and Colts yeah. tonight um, shortly after we get done this segment. But, I mean, well said. It, it, if you're a Colts fan, welcome to the Eagles fandom world of frustration because that's the thing. Carson Wentz is so talented. You see it all the time. You see, you always get the highlights, right? He all, He's always making these highlight plays. But then he always makes the opposite end of the spectrum. It, it's just like the Eagles, right, coming out each week, either sucking or playing great. You just get these bonehead plays out of, you know, out of the negative end of the spectrum that just totally cancels out everything good that he ever did. But um, we, I will, I will digress on that a little bit at the end of the show here. Um, my second show, and I'll actually give you my last uh, two here because I did have three coming into this. Yeah. Um, so I just have the Bengals and Chargers listed down here. I'm um, kind of following up on my first one. You know, are the Bengals for real, man? Like, you know, I, I sat here. I hoisted them on this pedestal. They come out of the major win against Baltimore Ravens where they blow them out, blow the doors off Baltimore, and you come out and you lay an egg against the New York Jets with a backup quarterback. That's not what I want to see from the Bengals. Uh, so they came out, lost 34 to 31, gave up 31 points to backup quarterback. Backup quarterback, which I will I will name him later on in the show, was able to put up 400 passing yards on the Bengals. That's, that is unacceptable from a team that wants to get to that next step and that next level of contender. Same thing with the Chargers. Stop laying eggs, man. I mean, either either, the, either you're laying eggs or this is who you are. And they're one Eagles loss this Sunday from that becoming who they are. Yeah. Because um, there is no bouncing back from losing to the Eagles <laughs> as far as the contender. Um, and then my final one is the Cowboys. Uh, they're they're legit, man. And I know they won this game. It was a close game against Minnesota. Able to hold the Minnesota Vikings to 16 points. Uh, Cooper Rush comes out, has a 300-yard passing game. <laughs> you know, the, the Cowboys receivers uh, combined for 234 receiving yards between uh, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. They are so balanced and, you know, just well-balanced as not only an offense running the football, passing the football, but also the defense. They have one of the better rushing defenses in the league. And their passing defense, they create turnovers. They're, they're very opportunistic. So uh, those are my two takeaways. Are the Bengals Chargers, are they real? Are they really going to be in the playoff contention here and contending? Or, and then 
obviously the Cowboys are real right now. You yeah, want to get healthy, but they're they're looking real as hell. Yeah, Cooper Rush goes in to uh goes into Minnesota. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I think that just shows that the rest of the roster is better than we. So stacked. Yeah, the defense is better. the The weapons are there, um, and then Dak obviously just elevates them to another level. Yeah, where they can win with mediocre quarterback play, and I think that's pretty scary, um, as well. But yeah, you you real quick you you mentioned the Bengals and the Chargers, and I think it's it's important because it's hard to get a read on these young teams on kind of the brink of of playoff yeah. success because we said you know heading into the the Baltimore game two weeks ago it was okay Bengals, what are you are you real or are you just we beat up on good team bad teams. Yeah. Then they take it till they give it to Lamar, right? And 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 the Ravens. And it's like, oh shit, the Bengals have arrived. Joe Barrow has arrived. Then you lay a dud against the Jets. Not to mention the one leg I lost in a parlay. Thank you for that, Cincinnati. The Chargers. You start off the year red hot. You beat the Chiefs. You beat the Raiders. Justin Herbert looks phenomenal. Now Justin Herbert's turning the ball over left and right. Their defense can't stop the run. What are they? So these young teams with good, young, talented quarterbacks, they're kind of on the brink of we're a playoff team, we're not a playoff team, we're a playoff team, we're not a playoff team. What are you? The second half of this season is going to be very important for those two uh, yeah. in specific. Uh, so so really good points there, dude. Let's try to wrap up the show by talking on, speaking on this uh, Thursday night matchup. <laughs> I got uh, you. Did you want to cover the the power rankings really quick? Top oh five? yeah, sure. yeah. yeah I, I am really those really quick, and then we can finish out with the Colts Jets. So I'll, I'll give you my one through five, and then you can give yours, and we kind of go back and forth for a minute. Just side note, I I don't have the Dallas Cowboys on here. Copy. I sh- I should. I just the teams that I have, I don't know where. I put Dallas ahead, even though they only have one loss and just one with a backup. Like they are a really good team. This isn't like a jab at them, but it's like the teams I list who's ahead of them. So ready Mm -hmm. at number five, uh, I'll go number one. Actually, number one, I have the uh, LA Rams, Uh, the LA Rams, only one loss on the year still to the Arizona Cardinals. They just continue to mow down everyone that's in their path. And then the trade deadline is really just, just, Something we haven't seen yet, but just anchored them all the way up. Trading for Von Miller, you're going all in. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey on that side of the ball with Sean McVay and Stafford and and those and those weapons on offense and that offensive line. They are just a all around great team. Rams won number two. The Green Bay Packers. I know their situation with COVID. Next week, this is probably going to take a hit because. More than likely, they're going to lose next week. Um, the ch- and of course, by the way, of course we don't get to see that Rodgers-Mahomes matchup. It's already a little tainted because Mahomes and the Chiefs aren't playing that well. Yeah. But we finally get to see that, and we don't get it now. So obviously, this is going to take a hit with COVID. Uh, but that that win last week, shorthanded for him and that team and that defense looked really good, beating the, the previous number one on my list. I got the Packers, too. Number three, I got the defending champs and the Bucks. I know they're coming off of a loss to the Saints. Brady turned the ball over a couple times. They didn't look good. They still are what six and two on the year. They're all around. They're all around great team. They're going to be in there. They're going to be in the race to the thick of it. Then at four, I had the Cardinals. My previous number one uh, last week. They took a loss. They slid down. Obviously, it's tough to be like, well, how the Bucks just lost too. So why are they ahead of them? I just think the Bucks are a better team. And now that the Cardinals don't have that that hot factor to them. They're not still just rolling teams over. 
I think I can put the Bucks ahead of them. And at number five is my only AFC team who just continues to win games, even though they're about to take a hit as well with Derrick Henry going down. I do have the Tennessee Titans. I should probably have the, the Cowboys in there at four or five somewhere. I don't as of right now. Next week, like I said, no Aaron Rodgers for them. No Derrick Henry for the Titans. I'm sure one of those two teams are going to come off a loss, and the Dallas Cowboys were flying the, will find their way up in my rankings. But that's what I got right now. Gotcha. Yeah, so mine, mine look a little bit different. And I don't know. I guess I reacted in certain senses a little, maybe a little too harsh. I don't, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll just read it to you and let you kind of digress. But I actually have, uh, number one, I still have the Cardinals there. Um, that, that loss was not very – it wasn't like monument moving for me. I, I didn't really feel that I learned, you know, too much yeah. negative about the Cardinals. I, you know, I look at them, they had a chance to win the game at the end of the game. AJ Green, like you said, I, I have no idea what he was doing. And it was one of those things where, you know, they're going against Aaron Rodgers. And I think any given Sunday against Aaron Rodgers, you could lose. Um, so I, I don't think that that was a bad loss for them. Okay. It will be interesting to see how they bounce back and how they respond to their first loss. They're starting to get a little beat up. You're seeing DeAndre Hopkins go in and out of the lineup. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because everything was lining up perfectly for the Cardinals, right? They get Zach Ertz, add to the the, the weaponry. Um, but we'll see if, if they can really stay in that top five. Because um, as you as you know, these are very fluid. Um, they can fall oh, off yeah. this work very quick. Many teams already have. Um, the Rams I do still have at number two, um, as you mentioned, seven and one. Um, they, they are, they're looking great. And, you know, maybe with that Von Miller trade, I, I may be willing to move them ahead of the Cardinals. Um, I may agree with you in that sense. Um, but as of right now, I will hold them in that number two spot, although they, they look beautiful and they, once again, they still have room to grow with that offense. It, it's kind of amazing. Cause you know, Matthew Stafford is an MVP caliber type of quarterback. He's only going to start making more and more of these throws right. as the season goes on. Um, number three, I do have the Buffalo bills at five and two. Um, mainly just because they're hoisting the best defense in the NFL right now. Um, first in pass defense and third in rush defense right now. Um, and that's huge when you got, you know, weapons on the other side of the ball, right. like Josh Allen, like Stefan Diggs, um, Cole Beasley, my arch enemy had, you know, a, a major week last weekend. Um, so the bills are looking good. I do got the Packers who took care of the, the number one Cardinals. Um, they, like you said, the Aaron Rodgers thing, it's its so unfortunate because I do think, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are definitely beating the Chiefs in my eyes, um, especially with having Devontae Adams back in the mix. That's more than enough that I think they could beat the Chiefs with. And now they got to go in there with Jordan Love. We'll see. The Chiefs defense yeah. is super bad. So <laughs> there is a chance. Like I, I don't know much about Jordan Love, but we will find out. Um, and then five, I do have the Cowboys, and that's where I'm at. I may have been a little too reactionary with the Bucks. I still have a lot of respect for the Bucks, and part of me, you know, part of me feels like, yeah, the Bucks are probably number two team in the NFL, like in my heart, but as right. far as their talent um, and what their skill set, as far as what they're good at. But I had to show a little bit of respect to the Cowboys here, yeah. um, getting the win with the backup quarterback in Minnesota. Um, the defense is what really impressed me, holding Minnesota to 16 points because they got a lot of weapons there. Um, but the offense, a top 10 offense, they're number seven in passing offense, fourth in rushing. I mean, you can't be much more balanced than that. Um, but, yeah, that rounds out my top five. All right, bro. P pretty similar, I'd say. Obviously, yeah, different just spots, but, yeah. Yeah, the cow. Like I said before, before I even got into mine, I'm like I acknowledge 
that they are a really, really good team. They are a competitor this year. Um, but it's just like what, like the other teams I listed, it's not like, it's not like they're less deserving than Dallas to be on that list. So it's kind of, all right, well, where do we play it out as of right now? Yeah. Cause um, I mean, the Buccaneers, they beat Dallas. Like, yeah. like I'm not going to forget that for sure. So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. All right, Scotty. Well, before we get up on out of here to go watch some uh, Sixers basketball, also Flyers take on the Penguins tonight in Pittsburgh. So you're going to be tuning into that as well. We do have a Thursday night matchup. I got nothing to say about it. I'm not even going to try to. I'm not going to kid myself. This means, you know, if Carson Wentz beats them, it really means nothing. You know, Mike, what, what the hell is his name? Mike White. Mike White, who broke my heart last week, leading the league in passing. Who knows? Uh, but we do got to give our picks for tonight's matchup. Last week, not so good for for my boy Scotty. I gotta <laughs> I gotta check these standings now, dude. I might have been three, man. I dropped three of them. I went two and one, I believe. So I might be up three games now. Again, I text you every week. Pretty I don't. Know, I don't know why. I just won't bet my pigskin picks. Because our records are both so good, it's like, well, we would just bet these games, like gamble on these games. We'd be up a lot of money. And it's like, no, for some reason, my mind just takes me other places on Sunday when I when I get on the app. And I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, tonight I'll lead it off. I got the Colts. Um, listen, the Jets are – the Jets heading into the season, we're only going to win a few games this year. They've already won two in the first half of the year. The Jets are not a good team. Um, that being said, obviously Carson Wentz, if he spirals out of control after that performance last week, who knows what can go wrong tonight, but that Colts defense alone should be enough for them to win this game over the Jets. Jonathan Taylor alone, if they defer to him, is enough to beat the Jets. So I like the Colts tonight. I like the Colts pretty easily, actually. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, definitely, just as far as you know, what I got going into the game, um, you, you mentioned it earlier, Colts and Wentz, I, I feel like they've performed – better than their record shows like it, they've been in these games close but it's always just these crucial mistakes by Carson Wentz he throws the ball away at the end of the game to the other team they score touchdowns off of it. I mean it, it, it's a little ridiculous but it's tendencies we've seen throughout Wentz's career um you hope that he turns it around 14 touchdowns three interceptions but those three interceptions have been crucial game great game crushing interceptions turnovers um, drop a heartbreaker against the Titans in overtime, and the Titans drop Derrick Henry in the process. And now you're two games back behind the Titans. Just solely the Titans are two and zero against the right. Colts this year. It's going to be hard for the Colts to get that that spot back. It, it is, but like I said, this is step. This is step one. Not to cut you off. I'm sorry, one. but yeah, no, because right. that Derrick Henry loss is everything. Yeah, I don't know what Tennessee's offense is going to look like. Adrian Peterson, this. right? <laughs> So even though you are two games behind, you win tonight, and I think Tennessee plays this week, right? They play the Rams, yeah. So. Oh, do they? <laughs> I think so. I think that's what I heard, yeah. Well, of yes. Yeah, they do, actually. So, all right, you're looking at one game back with half a year to go, yeah. and they're missing Derrick Henry, right? So you just – if you're Carson, you just have to reel it in. Yeah. Reel it back in. The Titans are in a bad spot right now, and go take advantage. Yeah, and that's, you know – that's that's the main thing tonight. Do not have a layover of the last game of the disappointment. Go out there, take care of business against the Jets, a team that you should be able to handle. Um, and then my only other thing that I'm actually looking at the Jets for, because you don't look at the Jets for too much, um, Michael Carter. I just want to see if he can be a staple in fantasy. I have him in the league. 
Um, and he actually he, he scored 32 points last week against the Bengals, had a bunch of catches. I think he had nine receptions in that game. So I'm interested to see if he can stay involved, if he'll stay the lead back there. Maybe I got a quality uh, low-round pick yeah. in Michael Carter. I have him on my bench in one league right now. And, um, you know, you just brought that to my attention. But that Colts defense is tough, dude. I don't they know. They are tough. He's it's, The Jets' offense, though, is so – it's so Sporadic. bad, say, that the main thing they can do is feed him. He gets, you know, 15-plus carries, five-plus yeah. catches a night. He should be a bell cow for them, when, they, especially when they got a backup quarterback in there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just interested if he can do it on a consistent basis. If you look at his numbers over the last couple of games, they've been pretty good. Um, and then Mike White, if he can go out there and get a Thursday night dub against Carson Wentz, do we have a QB controversy? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's all I got. I got the Colts 26 13 tonight. I'm holding my three game lead at least. <laughs> all right, guys, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Turf Talk. Well, this this Thursday edition of Turf Talk, I should say. We will be back on our normally timed schedule this Sunday at 10 a.m. And as you know, DSM Media and Turf Talk are brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code TURF20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-and-off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. And did I mention the wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction. I can't speak today. <laughs> it can help battery length last longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with code TURF20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using our code TURF20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will certainly thank you. Guys, thank you so much for everyone that tuned in tonight. Uh, for myself, for Scotty, for DSM Media, we will see you again on Sunday morning. Have a great night. <laughs>